Hi, Sammy. How are you doing today? You know, I don't really have an answer to that question anymore. Yeah, I don't really either. My other, my, my main question then is, how, what's your mood for today? I am feeling very appreciative of the weather and the sun and my family and my friends and very concerned and frustrated and overwhelmed by the world. Mm-hmm. No, I feel the same way. I think, you know, we started this podcast kind of to bring positivity and light to people's lives, to our friends' lives, to the listeners' lives. And I think it would be it would be a miscalculation or a point not to acknowledge what's gone on in the last few days, you know, we uh, last few months with coronavirus. But in the last week, we've seen the murder of George Floyd, um, a black man in Minneapolis, Minnesota, um, for quote-unquote forgery uh, by a white police officer and I think it would be wrong of us to not acknowledge this and um, I think I should share a quote that I saw the other day that really resonated with me and I think is very powerful and one that is really good for our listeners to listen to white folks if we are shocked by the lynching of Ahmaud Arbery if we are shocked by the killing of George Floyd if we are so appalled and surprised by the dehumanization of black and red bodies it's because we are privileged enough to not have to pay attention to the white, to the horrendous shit like this that has been happening to the black community. This is not new. We've been complicit in one way or another in upholding white supremacy due to implicit bias from growing up in a systemically racist society. We have all ha- we all have a racist part inside of us. This is a shadow work, and no person is exempt. We must be diligent in holding ourselves. And our communities accountable and making the world a safe place for BIPOC. Racism was created by our ancestors and thus it is on us to end it. There is no more time for our silence. There is no more time to continue to turn a blind eye. There is no more time for us to hide behind our privilege. Know that if you choose silence, if you choose to not speak up out of discomfort, you are choosing the side of the oppressor. There is no neutral ground here. And to the spiritual white folk, folks who choose to be quiet when it comes to racism because it's divisive or low vibrational, please understand that your prioritization of love, light, and positivity over the truth and human rights kills people. Is that not low vibrational? If you are truly spiritual, if you are truly woke, you will prioritize to seek the truth about yourself and the world around you, no matter how dark and harsh and uncomfortable. Enlightenment is fucking painful. So understand that if your definition of woke prioritizes positivity over social justice and human rights, you are asleep. So just let that sit in for a second. I mean, I just saw that the other day and it was probably the most woke quote, but also one that just hit me in a different way. Definitely. So without further ado, this week we have a very special guest and what I I think will be able to shed light on this issue and many other issues. But our main idea for this week's conversation was mental health awareness. And I think that there's not a better time than to talk about mental health awareness when it comes to issues such as the killing of Black innocent people which is so triggering to so many people. And that's why I'm so happy to introduce Kellen Tierney, 
my friend from Marist College, who is a MSW, hopeful and future MSW. <laughs> and I'm so glad to have her on here to give her her 10 cents. So it's so great to have you, Kellen. Hi. <laughs> How, what, what's your mood for today? How are you feeling? Um, you know, I'm hanging in there. Um, I think it's a very overwhelming time. And I think every day is different, like Sammy kind of was talking about earlier. Um, yeah, doing okay. I'm glad to hear. And so I know we were talking about before is just what your thoughts kind of on the George Floyd um, murder. And I know you, you had some things that you wanted to share with our listeners about that. So what, what, what are your thoughts on this whole issue? Yeah, well, um, I think it's a very overwhelming and draining time for people right now. You know, there's unprecedented things going on in the world. Um, we're kind of all dealing with trauma through this. And, um, you know, with this situation, you know, there's a lot of negativity. There's a lot of information that we're processing. And something that I kind of wanted to talk about briefly was that we all maybe right now need to do a little bit of self-regulation and checking in with ourselves, making sure that, you know, we're not overwhelming ourselves with all the articles we're reading and that we're kind of balancing staying educated, but also, you know, be kind to yourself. And if you need to take a step back, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with that. What are your thoughts, Sammy? I completely agree with Kellen. I, um, I think it's super important to have perspective and to stay informed and educated on what's happening in the world. And I also think that it's important to recognize what you're putting time into. Maybe if you're, if you're noticing you're spending a lot of time on your phone or on your computer looking at stuff that maybe isn't the most um, important and informing, then maybe limit how much time you're putting into social media or um, I mean, social media is a great way to stay informed in many ways, but um putting less time um, into things that aren't educating you in the way that we should be right now and spending more time or the set time that you allot for yourself to be on your technology, to spend, spend some time informing yourself and educating yourself on the important things that are happening in the world that we all need to hold ourselves accountable for um, knowing about. Yeah, I think it's all about setting boundaries and kind of, you know, structuring your life in a way that is healthy, you know, scrolling on your phone at five in the morning, reading articles. Technically, I guess you're, you're processing information, but it's not going to benefit you in a positive way. It's not going to serve you. Yeah, no, I totally agree with all the above. I think um, just for any person, myself included, I think that, you know, there's so much stress and there's only so much you can take in a day about everything that is bad that's happening. So I think it's important to, you know, set out boundaries. But I also think, um, I think kind of going off of this, I think it would be really great for the listeners to kind of hear a little bit of a introduction on you and your story and um, what kind of led you to be a pioneer and advocate for mental health awareness. So just, 
if you could, could you just give a little background on yourself and why you're interested in social work and mental health? Well, thank you for the very generous, <laughs> kind introduction. But um, yeah, so my journey with mental health, I mean, it's been a lifelong journey for me personally. Um, as a kid, I definitely had a lot of anxiety and went to therapy at a pretty young age. But for me, it kind of all took a turn when I was in sixth grade. My mom um, passed away from cancer, and that really triggered um, a lot in me. And I became really depressed at a pretty young age. And yeah, I've been living with depression pretty much, you know, it comes and goes. Uh, at the severity level but I've you know my whole life been living with it and um, it's been an up and down journey Uh, you know I've gone through a lot of things at a younger age than a lot of people Um, so you know it's obviously been really hard but I've also learned so much from it and my own struggle with mental health is what inspired me to study social work And, um, you know, I just became really passionate about mental health um, advocacy and just aware of the invisible illness that so many people are living with. People don't even know um, about it. And, yeah, it's just inspired a lot of what I've done in my life. So I don't want to say it defines me, but um, it's definitely taught me so much. Yeah. And uh, I uh, am not in my master's yet, but um, this fall I am planning on applying to uh, get my master's in social work. And I'd love to one day be um, a licensed clinical social worker and kind of make it my goal to help others because I know how hard it is um, to go through this journey. Mm-hmm. Do you have a follow-up, Sammy? Yes, I do. I would say, I'm wondering, Kellen, what would you say, because you have a bachelor's in social work now, right? You just graduated and got your bachelor's? Yeah. So from your bachelor's in social work, what would you say are one, two, or three um, very uh, pivotal papers or research projects or just like classes that had a profound, a particularly profound impact on you? Well, at Marist, um, I definitely had another, well, I had another kind of up and down journey with mental health because um, I actually transferred to Marist because my first college experience, uh, my first semester at college um, where I went to a different school was not great. It was really hard on my mental health. So I think... um, really my journey at Marist has been like a self discovery period for me, for sure. I think um, I've learned a lot about how you can't help others until you help yourself. Um, As far as research um, for me, like I really love the hands-on experience I've had over the years and the internships. So I think those have inspired me a little bit more than a set research paper. Um, But there's definitely classes that have impacted me um, a lot. I think one that that comes to mind for me right now is uh, 
I had to take a class about social work with diverse populations and I had to learn about you know I also minor in sociology and I learned a lot about um you know diversity race I mean I am a white female um who grew up in a pretty affluent town where I was sheltered so I think something that no matter what I end up doing career-wise will always have impacted me was learning about, you know, race and different cultures. And I mean, it's all kind of tying into what's going on right now. So yeah, probably those classes affected me the most for sure. Got it. Okay, go ahead. Oh no, I just said got it. So what my question is then is, so what kind of people are you, have you worked with in your internships and what, I mean, what kind of people, what, you know, what populations of people would you like to work with in the future? Right. So um, my internship that affected me, that impacted me the most was probably, and I still volunteer there on and off, um, but it's this nonprofit in Stanford, Connecticut. Um, and I was a advocate and hotline volunteer for victims of sexual assault. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, the age range is very broad. We didn't work with children, so we could only work with people, I think it's age 13 and up, but a lot of young adults um, would call in. I mean... I'm not licensed, so I wouldn't work one-on-one face-to-face with people, but I would do a hotline, and I learned a lot about those – I learned a lot through those discussions, Um, and I definitely want to work with young adults. Um, I'd love to work with women. I am very interested in, you know, the issues that women face specifically because I think they're – you know, we still have – um, a gap in society where, you know, there's male domination, kind of. And also, there's so many women issues that I'm very interested in, specifically, um, actually, issues surrounding, um, like, postpartum depression and a lot of invisible problems. I'm also, I also volunteered at Planned Parenthood, and that obviously was great. I didn't work with um, any clients there because of, like, HIPAA, and I was, you know, I'm not a doctor or a nurse, so... But um, just I learned so much through my time kind of volunteering there because they have endless information and you can learn a lot and kind of educate yourself. But that was really rewarding just because, um, you know, it's scary and frustrating when people are saying, like, defund Planned Parenthood. Um, And for me, something that kind of was rewarding in that is that I knew I was giving back to an organization that I was passionate about and I really felt like I was doing something good there. In your response, Sammy? Yeah, I remember we've talked about how we both we both were involved at Planned Parenthood. And I also think it's just a very, um, very necessary organization. And I remember we were talking about this. My experience there was kind of right at the heart of all the news about Um, the Trump administration and um, the way that they aren't, you know, 
basically fans of Planned Parenthood. Um, I, I, I don't actually know if that's factual, but, you know, just, <laughs> sorry, not funny either. But um, essentially just uh, that my experience there was very chaotic. Um, a lot of people seemed very stress all, stressed all the time. And it, I was very glad to be involved, but it was definitely interesting to see the way that, like, the uh, the world was responding to the beginning of Trump's presidency and um, just the way that the organization seemed to be kind of starting to get negatively affected by the lack of support that it was getting. Right. And I think there's no better time than when you're a full-time undergraduate student to volunteer your time and energy into these organizations where you're not going to get paid, obviously. Um, but you, you, you have the time and if you have the time and flexibility to be able to contribute, I think it's the best thing. It's the best feeling because, you know, these people are overworked who work at nonprofits. Um, they're underpaid and they need help. So I think it just felt good to know that I was, helping people doing really important things in any way I could agreed yeah I think it's so great that you were you got you both actually were you know volunteering um for Planned Parenthood because I think it's such an essential um nonprofit at this point I guess you know uh, basically is that people like you said that are underpaid that you know, have to work long hours and are able to get services from them. So I think it's very important. Um, the other question, I, not to shift completely, but one of my questions for you, Kellen, is as we kind of talk about um, current events, is like, what is your advice for people who are maybe feeling a little more anxious or depressed during this time? What do you, what kind of, um, what kind of tips would you give them uh, to? you know, kind of mitigate these, you know, feeling ang- feelings of anxiousness or depression during this time? Right. So, like, first things first, I want to say, um, obviously, I have gone through a, you know, up and down journey with my depression and anxiety. But I have to say, like, just because I'm studying social work and wanting to help others does not mean I'm perfect or, you know, nothing's affecting me either so um some things I've kind of been trying to do myself that I think other people might benefit from is I've been making sure to do telehealth um appointments with my therapist I love that um you know I think one of the most important things right now is and I tend to do this honestly is you know isolate myself, not speak out when I need help. And I think one of the most important things is like keeping an open and honest discussion with your family and your doctors and your friends. And just, you know, when you need help, you need to reach out for it because we're all going through a really hard time right now, but that doesn't make, you know, anyone's personal struggle any less real. Um, so for me, like some, you know, resources that are good are obviously telehealth. And I know, you know, it's very complicated. Not everyone has access to a therapist. Um, I know there's a lot of things online though, that are great. And, you know, 
technology is amazing during this time that we can still communicate. Um, I know there's BetterHelp, the um, app where you can text a licensed clinical social worker. Um, You know, I think it is hard. There's a lot of work that needs to be done in all this. And I think, you know, people get stressed out because they think, well, I don't have money for this kind of thing because it is expensive. But you know, I think look to your community, um, search for those resources, don't just hide away. And I know Marist and other schools have free therapy, which is great, free counseling centers. Um, And I think some of them are doing it online. Also, um, I think one of the most important things right now is just like I said earlier, kind of checking in with yourself, being honest about how you feel. And I think it's okay if we're a little bit selfish right now. Um, My biggest advice is like, you know, stay in check with what's going on, um, but set boundaries for yourself. Don't go on your funnel day. I mean, now we can't see people in person, so we're more drawn to technology, but that can be very draining. Um, But all in all, I think, one of the most important things right now is understand that like you need to be kind to yourself and cut yourself some slack. We're all going through a really hard time. That's true. But that doesn't mean that, you know, you can't be a little bit generous with yourself and let yourself go through what you're going through. Um, Don't be too hard on yourself. Um, Definitely reach out if you can, but if you can't, that's okay too. Um, yeah, I just think be kind to yourself and cut yourself some slack because it's a very real thing that we're going through and it's draining and very triggering for people. And it's okay to not be okay right now. You don't have to be your best self. I think there's a lot of um, people on social media saying, I'm cooking more than ever. I'm working out. I'm losing weight. And it's okay if you're not doing that, you know? Mm-hmm. it's a hard time yeah. I actually have a, a I was I just thought of this I know in previous episodes we've talked a lot about the beauty of meaning uh, meaning movement and mindfulness as a way of staying sane during a time like this and I'm curious a if you've if you're familiar with those kind of three that phrase and then also how you incorporate those three things into your day I love that um you know for me honestly uh, I want to be working out right now all the time, but I just can't get myself to do it. And I'm kind of, like I said before, I'm letting that be okay. But I definitely think just moving in some way is so important. Just, I find myself, you know, getting so lethargic and down when I'm not walking around. So taking walks has been good. Um, I'm also gardening with my dad right now. And yeah, I'm not, you know, working out excessively but just gardening going outside moving around that's really important I think a lot of people give this advice when people are going through mental health issues and they're like oh just go work out like you'll be fine and it's like it's not that easy mm-hmm. you know that's so true and I think structure I think is, it's is vital right now too I think the more structure you have and kind of making it seem normal really helps but again you know if you're not doing it perfectly, I think there's no shame in that and that we should all cut ourselves some slack if we're not being perfect. 
Yeah, I agree. And I think like going back to your earlier point about gardening, for example, I just think like movement doesn't even have to mean work working out. It can mean simply, uh, you know, something as simple as walking down the driveway and back. You know what I mean? If that's like what you, what is enough yeah. for you, you know what I mean? So I think that's like important to like, remind ourselves is like, you know, you don't have to be running a 5k, <laughs> you know, it can be like a walk down the drive and back. So that's important. But the last one at your point that I think we were talking about, this is kind of like the last point I think I'll make, but um, the other night we were talking about structure and like the idea that we're lacking structure and how much that can you know, jumble people's brains. And I, I just like what you said about structure because I think that's very accurate and something I really relate to is this lack of structure. I just find myself kind of all over the place and getting a little more anxious too, you know? Right, so. exactly. I think routine is very important in a time like this. And um, yeah, I think it's it's good to have kind of like a layout of, how you see the day, even if things change, I think obviously like we have to be flexible in a time like this because there is so much uncertainty, but I personally have found that kind of making a routine, making a schedule for the day or for the week and not really anything past that. I think the week is pretty much all my mind can focus on really just the day or the hour. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree with that statement. Yeah. I think I definitely uh, feel the, the importance of having a routine for sure. Right. I mean, we're yeah, all taking it. You have to take it day by day. And I think the most important thing is just like, if you are struggling, don't downplay that, you know, we're all in this together, but that doesn't make anything you're feeling less valid. And, you know, just try to reach out for help when you need it. There's so many amazing resources online now because of technology. And yeah, just be kind to yourself right now. Yeah, I love that message. Well, we're approaching time, and uh, I just want to thank you so much, Kellen, for being with us today. And I think, you know, our listeners and us, I really benefited from listening to what you have to say, and um, your messages are beautiful. Thank you. All right, with that, we will – it's actually not Thirsty Thursday anymore. It's Freaky Friday, I guess, right, or something like that. But – Thank you all to our listeners, and we will see you for next Thirsty Thursday for some honest tea. Woo! Peace. Woo!